A few weeks ago, I posted an episode featuring new rock bands out there today, doing it and making it happen. I ranted and raved about the current state of rock and roll. It has been imperative for me to impress upon anyone who will listen the importance of creating a cohesive, connected rock and roll scene today in order to network, communicate, and to survive. I will be lying if I didn't say this was a definite stab at self-preservation, but it yields great dividends, being able to hear fantastic rock and roll music. I think a scene is only as vibrant as its newest blood, and the crop of bands that are starting to make records and play shows and make a name for themselves is an encouraging sign that rock and roll music will survive and flourish in the coming years. The episode I speak about was the fourth installment in this ongoing series where I feature new rock bands on the scene, but after I listened to the podcast episode, I started to realize that there is a giant gap in the rock scene. There are the new bands, 40 of which I featured in four episodes over four years, and about 40 more worthy bands I have yet to feature. There are throwback bands. Those are the groups that had some success in the past, went on to new endeavors, and have recently reunited, maybe, to relive the nostalgia of golden years, or their flash in the pan with the audience that grew up with them. And then there are the legacy acts that never broke up because they never had to multi-million dollar money machines that can play stadiums until they keel over. You know which bands I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Rolling Stones, the Foo Fighters, U2, Kiss, Metallica. These giant alpha bands where no expense is spared because the money never stops flooding in. But all this got me thinking about the forgotten group of bands in the middle, lost in a black hole that maybe put out a record or maybe three records, managed to hop on people's radars a bit, garnered a few supporters, and then quietly slipped into the void, never to be heard from again. What is to be done with all these forgotten bands? Do we just file them away? Do we just forget about them? Some of these bands put out music that blows away the bands that are squatting in the spotlight today. I know I... I need to tread carefully when it comes to this topic because championing lost rock bands can become a frustrating, thankless path to follow. But I want to shine the light on these groups in hopes of stirring up a fandom within rock communities that mirrors what I see in other genres, especially in punk rock, where the tracking down and championing of old lost bands has become such a popular pastime. It's cool to list off a bunch of bands nobody's heard of. It's cool to watch others get turned on to them. It whets that itch for the hunt just that much more. So I present to you in this episode 16 bands that you may not have heard of that at one point in time were actively releasing music that could sit alongside your favorite bands today. Why did they break up? Each has their own story, but the why doesn't matter much here. We are luckily left with their output and the time is now to revel in it. I'll play about a minute and a bit of a track from each featured band, and if you do like them, it's up to you to try and hunt them down. I honestly don't have a lot of info on half these bands past the name of the group, the name of the song, and the name of the album, but that's all part of the fun being an active music listener, and sometimes the hunt is more fun than the acquisition. I hope this podcast episode can act as atonement for past disregard. I hope it sparks something in you to go out and find these bands for yourself. 
So, let's start this episode. The Tango Joe's podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Tango's crew will tell them for free. I'm sad, glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fuck Down. Stop playing Hang Down Down. I want to start this episode off with a bang, and that means choosing Montreal's Tricky Woo to kick things off. Led by singer-guitarist Andrew Dixon, both of our bands started around the same time. We were on the same label at one point, Sonic Onion Records. We even managed to do a three-week tour together back in 2000. I know there is a documentary film being worked on about the band, and I can't wait to see it. In the meantime, we have there, I believe, five albums to satiate us. This track has always been a favorite of mine and a favorite of many, many others. From Tricky Woo to Free Fall. I loved Free Fall when I heard them back in 2013, but they only put out one album called Power and Volume. A quartet from Stockholm, Sweden, comprised of notably Matthias Barjed from Soundtrack of Our Lives on Guitar and Ludwig Dahlberg from The International Noise Conspiracy. They made a huge splash. And then I haven't heard anything since. I kind of wish they were still out there cranking it. Listen to this. Power 
I believe this next three-piece centered around the marriage of Kat Bieland of Babes in Toyland fame on bass and vocals and Stuart Gray of Lubricated Goat fame on guitars and vocals, rounded out by Russell Simmons of the Blues Explosion on drums. I'm talking about the band Crunt. They put out one album on one of my favorite labels, Trance Syndicate, and then broke up when Bieland and Gray's marriage ended in divorce. The album is incredible. How I wish they put out more. Here's a taste, and get this album for yourself if you can find it. Crunt. that was around for quite a while. Went through some lineup changes, put out a few albums, always with Jonathan Cummings on guitar and vocals as the mainstay. They even wrote a song, not about me, but a song with my name in it. Try and track down a political song for Danko Jones to sing, which of course is a play on the Minutemen song, a political song for Michael Jackson to sing. Not sure if I like the comparison to Mike Jackson in 2020, but... I'm such a pushover for this kind of backhanded compliment thing, I'll let it pass. I still maintain Bionic's debut album is one of the greatest rock albums hardly anyone heard. Here's a cut from it. were that band. You know, that band that everyone thinks is going to be the band to scale the heights of fame, but they never got there 
I thought they were going to be bigger than Nirvana when they released their debut 11 Teen album. I thought singer Katie Jane Garside was an undeniable star. Tours with Mud Honey and Hole, appearances on Top of the Pops, it seemed like things were in place, but Garside quit and disappeared after their first album cycle had ended. The band put out one more album with a new singer, but inevitably it all just melted away. Since then, I have seen their name pop up, cited by music lovers as a lost band people should know about. Maybe here they can garner a few more fanatics. This is Daisy Chainsaw. were a phenomenal Portland band that melded power pop with punk rock. The New York Dolls, Cheap Trick, Sweet, The Jam, The Buzzcocks, all those kinds of bands come to mind when trying to describe the Exploding Hearts. They were such an influence on their own scene, but the band ended in tragedy when three members died in a car accident while out on tour back in 2003. We are left with their one studio album, Guitar Romantic. In 2006, Dirtnap Records released a compilation of their singles and unreleased material called Shattered. They were an amazing band. Here are the Exploding Hearts. the band Che so much. 
it hurts. This band gave the world one album, Sounds of Liberation, and then poof, that's it. What an album, though. Che was Brant Bjork on vocals and guitar, Dave Dinsmore on bass, and Alfredo Hernandez on drums. The collective resume of these gentlemen reads like a rock encyclopedia. You know who these cats are, and if you don't, Google them. In the meantime, check out Che. time I ever heard of Silver was when we played with them at the Oya Festival back in 2001 in Oslo, Norway. It was the Hives, it was our band, and Silver, hosted by Biff Malibu of Glucifer. Silver walked out and my jaw dropped. They were everything I was starving to see in a rock band. Their singer Ivor Nicholson was like a young Axl Rose. They were young, they were snotty, and the music was stellar. They put out three albums, and I think, I think that was it. Tommy on drums, drums now for Turbo Negro, and has been for some time. Here is Silver. Cyanide was just on the last episode of this podcast talking about their debut album. But here, I bring up his old band, The Illuminati. They put out two EPs and one full length between 2003 and 2007, and then in a flash, they were gone. But then again, 
the Illuminati are always here. Here's a track to make you wish they were still around. episode, I mentioned that there are some bands here that I don't know anything about past the songs they recorded and released. Here's an example of that. It's The Shoes from Italy. But I have no idea of the city they're from, if they're still around, if they put out more albums than just this self-titled album I have. Whatever the case, The Shoes are great, were great, they're great. And here's a track for you to check out and track down for yourself. Here are the shoes. idea about past their one lone recording is the band Perm. But I do know Simon Nixon was the singer and the guitarist. I also know that Cam McLean was on drums and both were in the band Paper Root together, which was on a label called SSG Records, which were the first three initials of the three guys who formed Vice Magazine. But we're going a very ways back and people have long since forgotten about SSG Records. Natalie Anchek from the Deers band, took the inside sleeve photo. Anyway, the only thing I heard about Perm past this album was the guys in Fu Manchu were fans. Check out Perm. Perm. 
Midland and the Hail Marys were a band we had open for us for about four or five shows back in 2002 on our Born a Lion fall winter tour. They were more than great. They were fantastic. But I have a feeling nobody told them how great they really were. David Lynn's one lone album with the Hail Marys called You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Feel All Right was terrific. He followed it up four years later with a solo effort entitled Chocolate and Seafood. I was surprised nobody picked up on this great album. I have no idea where David Lynn ended up, but I hope he starts making records like this again. disaster El Guapo stunt team were. This sextet put in all the right ingredients to make a rock cocktail that few bands could top. Blistering 70s hard rock, 90s garage trash, and 60s beats. I mean, it's hard to beat a three guitar attack, and all three players are equal in prowess and rocktitude. And of course, one can't forget the courageous Captain Catastrophe, international man of danger. We played a few shows with them over the years and always an over-the-top show was had. They've been broken up for over a decade now, but luckily their music lives on. Here are El Guapo Stunt Team.
sticking with Benelux, Beaver were a rock band from Amsterdam, Holland. Not the usual stoner rock fare that they got lumped in with due to their association with labels like Man's Ruin and their 10-inch split with the early incarnation of Queens of the Stone Age. To my ears, Beaver brought in prog elements to the genre. I loved their albums like Mobile and Lodge, and when we first hit the Netherlands, they were the band I asked everyone I could find about. Unfortunately, they were already broken up by then. They did reunite in 2011 for the Roadburn Festival, but as of right now, they are defunct. Here are Beaver. were a steel wall of guitars. Like if Helmet and DJ Premier decided to smoke drugs and form a band together. They put out three or four records and have not been heard from since. The last one came out in the year 2000. Their American Revolution album on Amphetamine Reptile Records is what put them on my radar, but I know little else of them. Check this out. This is Love 666.
And the last band I'll feature today is the American Flag, actually from Canada. They were originally called Herschel Savage and the American Flag, but I think Mr. Savage didn't approve. Anyway, one Mr. Robert Pollard did, Robert Pollard of Guided by Voices, and he put their album out on his Rockathon label in 1998. I always loved this band. They were, they, they're definitely broken up. A.L. Sr., one half of this duo, was a guest on this podcast back on episode two, 204. Here's Herschel Savage in the American flag, or rather, here's the American flag. this week's episode. Even though there was a, a whole last month where I didn't upload any episodes due to the crazy zaniness in the world, I have been back at it and will continue to upload weekly episodes until lockdown is over, with the occasional break here and there. In the meantime, I don't mean to be preachy, but please wear a mask. It's been scientifically proven to reduce risks of COVID infections, and 100% of the people who say you don't need a mask are not scientists or doctors. In fact, I had one guy on Twitter ask me if we should dismiss the doctors uh, who oppose the overwhelming data to wear masks and social distancing. I avoided answering him because I didn't need to get reeled into some sort of back and forth, but I'll answer him here. If all scientists say that the Earth is round, but you don't think so, guaranteed you can find a scientist who will support your suspicions and tell you the Earth is flat, but you and that scientist are still flat out stupid. That's it. See you all next week. Just behind the black line